this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is a podcast about soggy bottoms and good bakes. On your mark. Get set. Bake. Bake. <laughs> We're never going to get it together. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Joy and Claire, and this week we're talking about biscuits. It's Biscuit Week. Woohoo! Can I just say real quick that every time I see Biscuit Week, I have to remind myself that biscuits mean poppin' fresh dough in the United States for me, <laughs> not like the yes. little cookie biscuits. No, yeah, biscuits <laughs> in the U.S. are... You mean one of two things. Right. Dog biscuits. Right. Like, a lot of times biscuits are just dog treats, or... Pillsbury biscuits in the tube that you, <laughs> that you pop, pop and scares and it scares you every time. Yeah, it's like it's the emotional equivalent of opening a champagne bottle <laughs> in terms of fear, not in terms of celebration. Although I also, you know, feel celebratory when I eat biscuits. <laughs> um, okay, what was your first note for this week? First note for this week was Noel's sweater. <laughs> okay, my first note for this week was also what's going on with this sweater thing, but my followed very closely by. Paul is wearing a Canadian tuxedo. I was exact. That was my note number two. Canadian tuxedo. I don't. I wonder if he knows it's called a Canadian tuxedo. I wonder. Tuxedo. You know, I was and like, if you guys don't know what a Canadian tuxedo is. It's just what you call the denim on denim look. And that shirt he had on, it wasn't even. It was like a. That was a sturdy denim. It was very sturdy denim. That looked yeah. like the thick denim. It's not a chambray. No, not a chambray that has a breathable texture to it. Uh-uh. Very much reminds me of Justin Timberlake and Britney's famous yes. tuxedo, uh, Canadian tuxedo situation. Matching couple's outfit. Right. So the outfits really kind of struck me. I mean, can we not talk about Prue's outfit this week too? She was, I mean, on point the, again. Although her necklace was a little weird. This it week. looked like a spider crawling up her neck, which kind of freaked me out a little bit but i really appreciated the dainty earrings that were like yes sometimes the perfect jewelry sometimes her jewelry looks a little bit like macaroni noodle necklace (laughs) and this week was definitely in the category of like a child could have made this Mm -hmm. but But you know it probably cost you know it probably cost like five thousand dollars that's the thing with like modern art sometimes right it was like, did you hear, there was a headline, I can't remember when this was, in the past, where it was like a custodian at a modern art museum threw away a whole art exhibit because she thought it was trash. <laughs> I mean, we could even talk about the banana taped to a wall kind of oh my art, gosh. but we're not going to go there today. But it, so, needless to say, her jewelry and her outfit this week was really It was classic. It was like the, and her glasses, like, but, and yet again, it's not, she just, she can pull it off. it off. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't Yeah. Get it. You know, and her lipstick was a perfect match. But anyway, yes. Noel's sweater was odd. I, it was Noel. It was like, okay, he yeah. can, he wears that stuff. Right. And Scott walked Where in. Where do you even buy stuff like that? Exactly. My thought. Uh, Scott walked in the room and he's like, what is he wearing? <laughs> um, I'm like, it's Noel. That's what he wears. It's like his, you know, he's always right. got to have something to talk about. But uh, yeah, so it's biscuit week. And where do you want to start? Okay. So if I want to start by talking talking about last week's technical, okay. which I finally baked last night. Yes. Tell and us about I think it. I got a lesson for myself, which is don't wait until the last minute because I was like going to bake it last weekend. It didn't quite work out. I'm not, I don't have the luxury of my schedule during the work week to bake. Just bust out of baking. Yeah. So I finally made the technical, which was a pineapple upside down cake. Oh, here's my coffee delivery. Coffee Thanks, delivery. Anyway, I um, made it last night and it turned out pretty well. So here's, now that I have made it, here are my thoughts about it. Claire's notes. Here are my notes. Last week, we were like, why did they give them this 
super basic, like very standard recipe. In the US, it's super standard. We heard from a lot of you guys that are, you know, in the UK and in other places in the world, it is also a very standard, like not fancy recipe. A lot of people were like, yeah, we basically, this is the recipe you learn to make in home ec class and then you never make it again. Right. But now that I've made it, I can appreciate that it had several different elements to it that would have been like a weed out tech technical. Okay. Because you had to make caramel, which is hard. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to mess up caramel. They all made it look easy, which I think is a testament to them all being Isn't caramel bakers. super easy to burn fast? It's, so it's really easy to burn and it's also really easy to crystallize. Oh, yeah. And some so sometimes God, like this is why I love it, baking. It's like so much science goes yeah, into it. It's total chemistry. So like last year for Thanksgiving, I was making something with, I can't even remember what it was anymore. Something with caramel. And it took me like five tries to get the caramel because it kept crystallizing. This caramel recipe had, was like a two-step thing. Like you started out and you made a syrup, a really thick syrup. And then you added even more hot water and sugar to it, which I think could have gone wrong if you had done that incorrectly. Like that was an opportunity for more crystallization or for just like not, you know, combining well. And so the caramel was, is caramel is tricky to make. And then the sponge is tricky to make because it can, it has to be exactly the right consistency. Otherwise it, it won't like fluff up. And we had said last week, you're we like, oh, you know, some people's were just like little pancakes. Well, mine turned out kind of pancake-ish. And I have some theories as to why. My first theory is that I don't own little, those little cups, those little like ramekins that they had. Yeah. All I have are custard cups, which are a lot bigger and wider and they're like almost like an, an ob like they're an oval so I, i'm gonna blame it mostly on that okay but also there are two ingredients that i think we're going to be seeing a lot in these technical challenges that they use a lot in the uk that are not common in the u.s the first one is castor sugar which in the u.s we use granulated sugar which is a slightly thicker it's like not thicker, slightly coarser grind of sugar. I think in most recipes, that is not going to be an issue. But in things like a sponge, where it's really important for it to be fluffy, having that coarser sugar may have weighed it way down the consistency a little bit. Because for a sponge, and actually for most cakes, the first step that you do is you cream together the butter and the sh- and the sugar, and you're supposed to make it into this like fluffy. It almost is like becomes like a frosting consistency. Mm-hmm. Well, with granulated sugar, that frosting consistency still is a little bit grainy, and like mm-hmm. that's not. It, yeah, anyway, don't get me wrong. You can buy castor sugar in the U.S., but it's kind of hard to find. They only sell it in like tiny little bags. It's just not the norm. The norm here is granulated sugar, which is a little bit coarser. The other thing is self-rising flour. Again. You can find that in the U.S., but it's not the norm. The norm here is just to use all-purpose flour and then add your own rising agent, which is typically baking powder, and then add your own salt. So I did that. I just added my own baking powder, and I'm wondering if like that I didn't have the right ratio. I mean, I looked up how to substitute it, but anyway, those are my two hypotheses on why my sponge didn't rise as well. But overall, I really had I I thought it was really fun. I liked making it in the little individual cups, like. The funnest, funnest, the most fun thing about pineapple upside down, upside down cake is like positioning the pineapples with the little cherries in the middle. Yeah. You feel so fancy. Totally. <laughs> and they tur- and like it turned out really yummy. Um, My caramel turned out really well. It like added this nice little kind of crispy texture to the top where it wasn't just, you know, nothing but fluffy sponge. And yeah. So that was my review. And how I did really it liked taste? It. Like how did it It was you- good. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I mean, it's basically... It's not basically, it literally is just as a, a very 
standard white sponge cake, like the type of cake that you would make for a birthday cake type, or, you know, a standard cupcake. Right. Very, very standard cake recipe on top of caramel and pineapple. Right. And I think I said this last week, like usually when you make pineapple upside down cake, you just use a box of yellow cake mix. So it was... I was worried it was going to be too sweet. I didn't find it to be too sweet. I really liked it. So it, I think it would be a fun, like if you were looking for something to make, this is a really good actually like socially distanced gathering dessert because everyone gets their own. So I would recommend it if you are hosting something right now in COVID times where each where you want each person to have yeah. their own like fancy little dessert and then you put whipped cream on top. Yeah. Well done. So there you go. There you Star Baker. It. Star Baker. Yeah. Week one in the bag. I'm already worried about next week's technical. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about the technical already? We can get to that. Okay. So biscuit week. We've covered the fact that biscuits don't mean cookies in the US, but we can we can deal with that. Yeah. So the very first thing they are making is a Florentine, mm-hmm. which is like this flat, crispy cookie that to me almost is reminiscent of a granola bar. Yes. But in a cookie form. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the snap. It's all it's about the snap, all guys. about the snaps. <laughs> the bend and snap. The bend and snap. God, I'd love to see Paul Hollywood do a bend and snap. Oh my gosh. I can't believe... See, this is the US. They would have brought the bend know, and snap. Because like, is this yeah. going to bend or is it going to snap? Bend and, and snap. snap. Okay. My first note on the Florentines, as they were browsing and talking to everyone was about Sura using rose water. <laughs> what because did we, we tell you before? <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Actually, this might work because it's like an Iranian recipe that had all these other spices in it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when people use rose water, it's combined with like a fruit or it's just by itself. So I was actually like, okay, this might work. So, you know, chalk that up and it ended it did end up working. So like chalk that up into the category of times that traditionally risky flavors have panned out. Right. So good for you, Sarah. Um the other note that I have is I loved Lottie's story about her quarantine. Oh quarantine. yes, her quarantine and Florentine. She, and how she bring him to her grandparents. Yes. Which that was just like that just warmed lo- my heart. I love her more every episode. She's by far my favorite baker. Yeah, she's great. And then my other notes were uh, Rowan, Mm -hmm. red flags right off the bat. Right off the bat. I mean, however, (laughs) Rowan, we learned, has a waistcoat collection, which I think is hysterical and so perfect for him. I think you could tell that Paul was really concerned that he yeah. wasn't taking his feedback because right when he was starting to explain all of these waistcoats that he was making for his Florentines, Paul gave him the side eye and was like, have you done this before? And are you going to be able to pull this off in the time that we give you? And Rowan was like, probably. Yeah, and he was like, have you done it? Have you practiced it? Yes. Have you done it in time? No. And like, that was his answer for every single challenge this week. And it's like, Rowan. Have we taught you nothing? But the thing that I appreciate about Rowan is he just is like his own special snowflake. And he just does what he wants to do because he's Mm -hmm. so happy for it. And I don't think he's particularly concerned about winning. He's just so happy to be there. He, I agree with that. Because he, otherwise he would be like super invested in changing and taking that feedback. I don't know. I don't know. I actually think, I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't want to spoil the end of the, of the, um episode quite yet but yeah i don't know i feel like maybe he needs a wake-up call yeah then there was peter 
who had the amazing sticky toffee pudding. Sticky toffee pudding. Oh my God. Sticky toffee pudding. First of all, that's the cutest name ever. Have you had sticky toffee pudding? No, but it's really good. I'm it sounds delicious, but I just thought it was so cute when he was describing it. Prue looked like she was having a moment. She was like staring into his eyes. You could just tell she was like, yes, tell me more. Yes. This is all great. Florentines. This is what I want. So good. And Peter's just the cutest. He is so cute. And then my only other notes for this challenge as they're getting ready. First first of all, Mark with a C used ruby chocolate, which they ended up liking, but I think is disgusting. Have uh-huh. you ever had ruby chocolate? Uh-uh. It doesn't look good to me. No. Choco Love, which is a, a local yes. Colorado chocolate brand, recently came out with a ruby chocolate bar and Brandon bought it and was like, this is so interesting. I want to try it. And he took one square and spit it out. Because what does it taste like? Grapefruit chocolate. Ew, no, no. Never no. the twain shall meet, guys. Those don't make any sense together. <laughs> it's, no, uh-uh. Um, and then Ermine. Ermine had a, kind of struggled. And I was like, Ermine, I, I voted for you. Like, we I was, were rooting for you. I was mm-hmm. rooting for you. But, however, I would like to point out that while she really struggled, she was so cool, calm, and collected the whole time. She really was. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's one of those things too, where you really appreciate how, when you come up with an idea, you really have to balance impressing them, but also not overdoing mm-hmm. it because you have to deal with the timing. If things aren't cooled and chocolate melts on something that's not cooled. I feel like that's what happened with all of her design. Her design was too complicated with the trees on the Florentine. Right. And it just didn't execute. But yeah, Dave really pulled through too. They really yeah. like Dave's like triple little designs with the triple colors and mm-hmm. the yeah. feathering, mm-hmm. the feathering. Yeah. And the uniformity of all of it too. Like everyone's yes. got to have the perfect shapes. Everyone's got to, everything has to look the same. Well, you know, what's interesting is like for Dave, I didn't even make a note about him in the first one. I feel like that is a, I didn't either. He had, he was right on the money for doing really, really well, but kind of flying right under the radar. Yes. Which, I mean, not to, you know, make a CrossFit Games reference, but it's sort of like, you know, the rich frowning effect where it's like he doesn't win any of the events, but he then he goes on to win the CrossFit Games. Exactly. He's got the okay. strategery going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Lottie gets a handshake. Lottie got a handshake and she was very excited. This is very our Viking excited. girl. I love her. Okay. And Mac also did terrible. Well, Mac it was those well. little like teardrop designs that he had. They it looked just, ridiculous. It looked, it looked ridiculous. So it just looked it like was, you just kind of like accidentally dropped a dollop of something on top of them. Yeah, and he came up and I was like, what are these supposed to be? And he's like, oh, like a peacock feather. And Mar- and Paul goes, oh, I thought they were like a tennis racket for Wimbledon. And he was like, yeah, that's that's what I meant. They're a tennis racket for like, it was just, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. So, okay. Can we just not gloss over though, when Prue said to uh, Mark, I was really worried about your very large nuts. <laughs> <laughs> We can't forget that. <laughs> no. And I love that Paul, I like, didn't even try to play it cool. He just immediately looked up like, really? Did you just say that? I was very worried about your <laughs> very large, large nuts. nuts. Because Mark used, Mark used too big of nuts. Yeah. His nuts were too big. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if like those kind of, of like, uh, you know, things that you accidentally say will ever not be funny. Exactly. It will always be funny. So great. Have you ever had a Florentine? I can't say that I have. I can't really say that I have either. So we'll have to like seek some out. Yeah. I wish that there were more kind of like fancy bakeries. Right. Yeah. There's two really good ones by my house. I just need to go frequent them and test things out just to make sure they're okay. Just to make sure they're okay. Longmont has one, but it's more like a bread bakery. It's Babette's that used to be in in, um, 
Yeah, they came to love. But like it's croissants, which don't get me wrong. I love croissants. Right. Like, I will take a croissant over anything else, but right. probably no Florentines. Right. <laughs> okay. So moving into the technical. Mm-hmm. This week, the technical was macaroons. Not to be confused with macarons. Macarons. Okay, friends. Today I learned the difference between macaroons and macarons. <laughs> Let me back up. My dad loves macaroons. He loves coconut. He loves anything baked with coconut. And so when I was growing up, he would buy bags of macaroons. In the U.S., most people also call macarons macaroons. And so I didn't, the first time that I went somewhere where somebody referred to a macaroon and meant like that very fancy, tiny little French sandwich cookie, I was quite confused. And I was like, no, 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 this is supposed to have a bunch of coconut in it. So yeah, macaroon, coconut, kind of almost like a coconut, a lot of coconut and almost like a meringue with, the, you know, it's like a little bit crunchy, but very fluffy and very like airy, but almost kind of like sticky versus a macaron, which is like a very, you know, that was very cute, colorful little sandwich cookies. Okay. Yes. So they had to do six that had like a piece of chocolate in it and then six that have like a dollop of uh, mango. Custard. Not custard. What was it called? Curd. Curd. Thank you. Which is also not a common term. In no, it's not. I was like, I know there's a C in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about this. We'll talk more about it next week. I'm, I'm worried about eating this or making this. First of all, Brandon doesn't like coconut really. And so he likes chocolate coconut maybe. So he'll like the chocolate ones. I'm interested to see how the mango one goes. It's going to take me forever. This one's going to take me forever. I... Also, just wanted to note, though, that, you know, the first thing they do about the technical is they go around and they interview all the bakers. Like, have you ever made this before? Right. And Peter said, I've made them, but donkeys ago. <laughs> donkeys ago? And I was like, I've never heard that phrase in my life. And I really, I need to start using it. I've made them, but donkeys ago. <laughs> I love that. I love that little Scottish thing. Um, did you have any notes about the technical? Not really. Not really. I mean, other than most people were like, yeah, I've never made this before, but here we go. And you can see the timing thing is like a huge stress for people. So as they're kind of going along, you can see the people being like looking around, seeing what everyone mm-hmm. else is doing. And I see that a lot too, where I'm like, do they get, do they get like judged too, if they're watching what other people are doing? Cause I like, like they help each other out. There's times when someone will be like, if they're done, they'll go and help someone else, like put things on the plate or arrange the plate or whatever. But I'm always like, do they just like look at each other and like look at each other's papers? Is that allowed? I wonder if that's something that they're told not to do because I noticed that too. I'm sure it is. Like with the technical, they've never done it before, but they're kind of like, what are you guys doing? How do we do this? Well, and I think it's interesting. Like they're always looking like, have they pulled theirs out of the oven yet? Have you pulled yours out of the oven yet? Totally. But what I did notice too, which I, oh, I just appreciate the chemistry so much is how specific they were on the time. They're like, yeah, I'm going to put it in for 12 minutes and 26 seconds. Yeah. Or I'm going to put it in for, you know, and I, and then for the bottom rack, I'm going to put it in for. No, you're talking about the timing for the Florentine when they were interviewing them. Oh, Laura was like, oh, yeah, it's tw- it's 12 and a half minutes. Actually, it's 12 minutes, 26 seconds. And then the other guy was like, it's 10 minutes on the top, top rack, rack 10 minutes and the, on bottom the bottom rack. rack. Oh, my God. OK, that was the Florentine. But you're right for the floor because they had to get like this exact yeah, snap. It's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, but I feel like that's the thing too that I'm just like, I can't because they don't have, I mean, if they've never made it before, they just kind of have to guess off of yeah. what, you know, how much time they need to put it in the oven. But yeah, I feel like this was just something where it's like, yet again, you have to have the perfect shape. You have to have the perfect size. Everything needs to look uniform because this is, this was the the blind test where they didn't know who was making which ones. You know, like the very first thing on the instructions was just make the curd. Yeah. It's like, you got to know what a curd is and how to make it. And, you know, people had a couple different techniques, but they all turned out, I think in the end, this technical, actually everyone 
nobody completely flopped. Right. I didn't see anybody flop. The biggest thing was that most people um, didn't seem to bake it quite long enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm worried a little bit worried about this one. We'll see how it goes. I need to buy some piping bags. I've learned. I do have piping tips, which Beth Bales got me for my bridal shower. And I still have them. And I you just need the bags to push you one day a year. Yeah. Here's the other thing that I've noticed about the show is that when you are doing any type of design that needs to be uniform, really just never go outside of the no, the, huh? the basic stripe. Just don't go outside of that. Just make it simple. Right. Make, make it, it easy it simple. on yourself. <laughs> okay. So as we moved into the signature challenge, you were supposed to create out of cookies, biscuits, a replica of a tablescape from a memorable meal in your life. If I were doing this challenge, I would make it from the meal at Osteria Mozza that we did, that we had back in January. Or I would have made, um, I think, like a Thanksgiving kind of tablescape. But I really liked the the ones, I feel like the ones who did the best were the ones who chose really, like Dave, who chose the one from Mexico, Mark, was it Mark with a K? Yeah. Who did the one from um, Ethiopia. And he was like, yeah, every time I go to Ethiopia, I do this. I was like, yeah, every time I go to Ethiopia, I do that too. Yeah, ones that have that were like very culturally recognizable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a hot tip for this one. As we were going into the signature, we knew that Mac was in a little bit of trouble, Roan was in a lot of trouble, and Ermine was going to need to pull herself back up as well. So the very first note I have from this one is I think Rowan's going home. Mm-hmm. Because yet again, he you know, overpromises. Like, and under, he overpromises where you're like, he's going to underdeliver again. He's going to underdeliver. And it would have been such a cool thing. Like the, the drawing that they have, that they had of it was like, this very cool, you know, it's going to have like seashells and this like teapot that was going to have a lighthouse on it. It was going to have like a flashing light. And it ended up being just like this crappy picture. Yeah. That ha- like the, the only thing that came through was the flashing light. It, it just didn't work out like every single time. And he brought it up and Prue was like, this is really disappointing. And if you get that from Prue, <laughs> like she's That's... not mad. She's just disappointed. Right. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's worse. That's worse. Prue. Yeah. Mm hmm. And Paul, at the beginning, when they were talking to him, and he was like, this is why this is frustrating. It's because we're not able to see what you can actually do. And they know that he can do it. Right. If he could only just not overcomplicate it and cut his promises in half and execute mm-hmm. it way better, it would be right. huge. But he can't He can't wrap his head around that. No. It's like and putting every- baby in a corner. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I, you, can't, you can't put... Rowan, you can't tell Rowan not to make 40 unique West waistcoats to go on top of each of these Florentines. Exactly. Like, you can't tell me that I can't have a lighthouse teapot. Yep. Unless like, Rowan, it took you four hours to make the teapot. I'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> All we see the entire time for him making his bake is that cone that he's just trying to get yeah. out of the mold. Right. The whole entire time. Yeah. And everyone else is like making an entire... Whose was your favorite out of this one? Oh, I got to go with... Uh... Dave's. I thought his was so beautiful. His the, was really beautiful. Yeah, just the like Mexican the Mexican one. The Mexican one. It was so beautifully executed. I feel like everything was very clean looking. The colors were really pretty. I really, really liked it. I thought it was great. I did too. And I also really liked Linda's. I felt like, you know, they kind of told her that her cookies were, her dough was, I'm going to say keep saying cookies, her dough was overworked. Yeah. It's because she tried to use a shortbread and she had to get it to be really thick. But her decorations were so dainty. Yes. And it was very like royal so icing, flood icing sort of look. It was mm-hmm. really good. Wait, who did the one with the cool like toast with, with jam on it? Oh, yeah. Was that, that was No, it was 
Mark with a K, wasn't it? Okay. I think you're right. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark with a C. Mark with a C. Yeah. Yes, it was Mark with a C. That was really cool. That was so beautiful. Like he like put it on the knife still. Yeah, it was so cool. That was really clever. Yeah, yeah. I love those. Those were my top two was Mm -hmm. Dave's and Mark with a C. And Ermine did okay. She Mm -hmm. really needed to like kill it. And I think that, you know, other people did worse than her, which helped her out, but she struggled this week, which I was kind of surprised by. So, which one did Ermine make? The one, um, it was like green and yes, the yeah. cups that had green on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little underwhelming. It was pretty, but it was a little right. underwhelming. I got to appreciate uh, Lottie's mm-hmm. Viking, Viking boat, and then she had that cool skull with the horns. Yeah, it's like how did you do that? But right. the whole time when you're watching but the skull it, skull wasn't she didn't make the skull. Oh, that she was didn't? just like a piece of decor she oh, put on there. Oh, that's not fair. Yeah, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was like something that she made. No, she made like the Viking boat. Okay, because the whole yeah. time it was like focused on this Viking boat and her getting it out of the mold and it cracking and all this stuff. And so you're kind of expecting it to totally tank, but then you're surprised at the end that it actually didn't look that bad. But right. overall, Dave Mark with a K. Mm-hmm. Mark with a C? Mark, Mark with a K and Mark with a C both did They well. both did great. Okay. Mm-hmm. They both did great. Yeah, that's true. Going into the final judging, who did you think was going home? I thought for sure Rowan. I, I was like, for sure Rowan, Rowan is still just really not doing well. I thought there was no way Rowan was going to stay, but I also had Mac and Ermine on my list. Mm-hmm. I had it, it between like, Rowan and Mac. Yeah. And so did the judges. Yeah. They Turns were out. like, we, can't, we need to decide who we think is more is like gonna keep improving who yeah. has the most potential to improve between those two and they were like well rowan can't take feet like he's shown time and time again he doesn't take our advice but he's a lot more creative than mac and mm-hmm. so you know on the other hand mac is just sort of like not doesn't ever doesn't push the envelope is just kind of like basic right whereas rowan has way the opposite problem he is needs to be more basic right which I think, yeah, they take that into consideration where they're like, okay, we want to see one more shot to take this feedback and see if he can really show us what he can do. We know he has the talent. We know he has everything that we can see someone getting in better. But if he doesn't do it this maybe this week, then I could see him going home this week. But I agree. Mac is kind of like that vanilla. He does the bare bones. Yeah, like not very Doesn't innovative. really impress. I don't know. And then who did you think was going to win? Definitely not who won. I had a feeling that it might be, I would probably think Mark with a K Mm -hmm. or Mark with a C. One of the two Marks I thought were going to get Starbaker this week. I had either of the Marks or I did have Dave on there. Did you? Yeah. um, Yeah. So go, so in the end, David, Dave went Starbaker and Mac went home. Mac went home. Which I was really shocked by. I was too. So I hope that you know, they Paul pretty much went up to Rowan afterwards and was like, this is your final, final, final. Like it came yeah. down to the wire between the two of you. You have one more chance to prove yourself. You need to start following direction. Yes. <laughs> okay. So based on this week, has your prediction for who's going to win the whole series changed? A little bit because Dave surprised me. It's kind of like that piece where you think, okay, I mean, Peter just feel, I feel like he can, he has what it takes to win something like this. I still feel very strongly about Peter. Like he's not super emotional. He can keep his cool. I don't ever see him freaking out or getting nervous. I mean, granted he didn't do great. And I think he got like 11th <laughs> in the technical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that where I, that's where I was like, Ooh, maybe he really kind of needs some work on some areas, but this is the great thing about the baking show is that they, 
find your weak points and no one can skirt by without getting some type of critique or some type of weakness shown. I still feel very strongly about Peter, but I was very surprised with the Marks and Dave. Mm -hmm. So now I'm kind of like, those three are definitely on my radar. I definitely am going to be keeping an eye on the Marks. I think Dave, I mean, we'll see. Like, he definitely had a really solid week. It's hard with with only knowing two. I think um, I still am going to pull for Ermine because... You're really pulling for Ermine, yeah. Even though she did not (laughs) impress me at all this week, I will stand by my original judgment of her. Sure. That she's very even-keeled and Uh very, like, keeps a cool head. But keeping a cool head can only get you so far if you don't have the skill to back it up. Totally. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I want, I, you know... I think that that is a huge component of it, but it can't overcome a lack of skill. Right. Well, this is fun again. <laughs> we hope you guys are really enjoying the show because we're really enjoying we're it. We're having so much fun. And you can find us on Instagram. We're at joyandclaire underscore. You can find us at joyandclaire.com. As a reminder, if this show is not showing up in your favorite podcast app yet, just shoot us an email. Let us know. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. And you can always stream all of our content from joyandclaire.com. In the meantime, Please tag us in your photos. If you're doing the bakes, please tag us. And if you're listening to this podcast and loving it, please share it with your friends. We're having so much fun with it. And we love to hear how you guys are liking it. Share it with your friends. Share it with someone who share it with someone who may be listening to too many murder podcasts and just really something light. (laughs) Just share it with them. Be like, I think you need this in your life right now. I think you need to listen to two friends talking about a baking show. Yeah, just light. Let's lighten it up. Lighten it up. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you on next week's episode. So for now, on your marks, get set. Bake. Bake. We're never going to get it together. (laughs) 